Welcome to Live MP. I'm Sophie Jackson and I'm so excited to bring you this series where we deep dive into the Mornington Peninsula and all it has to offer. From bars and restaurants to accommodation, art, wellbeing and adventure. Our goal is to unlock the hidden gems on the peninsula and hear some great stories from passionate locals. Let's go. This week, I catch up with Richard from Two Bays Brewing, a dedicated gluten-free brewery here on the peninsula. Richard tells me about the journey of creating a gluten-free beer, and we chat about the world of beer and their success to date. Here's Richard. I'm sitting with Richard Jeffers, the owner of Two Bays Brewery in Dramana here. Thank you for joining me, Richard. Thank you for having me, Sophie. We're sitting up in one of the offices at the moment and I've just had a little nosy through the warehouse floor. Warehouse floor? Production Uh, floor. Production floor. Sounds more official. Yeah, it sounds great. It's such an amazing place that you've got here and it's got a very good story. Can you run us through how it all came about? Sure. So um, we're a dedicated gluten-free brewery. Uh, one of only two in Australia. So what came about was I loved craft beer and in 2015 got diagnosed with celiac disease, which means you can't have gluten in your diet at all. Um, beer, unfortunately, is made from barley, wheat or rye. Uh, both, well, sorry, all three uh, contain gluten. So um, that kind of cut beer out for a bit. And I had a look around and saw what was being made in Australia and uh, tried some of those. Um and they probably weren't giving me that craft beer experience that I used to love having prior. So I used to love being able to go to a, a brewery, try their different beers, um, talk to friends about it, a bit like going to a winery, but it just seemed a little bit more, um, you know, relevant in, in many ways, just the, the beer side of things. And it's beer is such a great connector of people. Um, and so I just sort of missed all that and, and got into the craft cider world, which was, you know, they're doing some pretty interesting stuff in cider, but I was never a cider drinker beforehand and... I really didn't see the rest of my life drinking cider. Um, so one day somebody said to me, why don't you start a brewery, uh, a gluten-free brewery? Just randomly. Went, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was actually my brother and he owns a gluten, he owns a barley brewery. Okay. Um, and so he was the one that sort of brought me into the craft beer world. He said, why don't you do something in that space? And I went, okay, it's worth um, doing a little bit of investigation. So um, I sort of got onto to Google and um, – found out that there's, uh, I think at the time, there were seven or eight breweries around the US that were dedicated craft gluten-free breweries um, with tap rooms and places you can go and visit. Um, so I said to my wife, listen, if we're going to make this thing work, um, the classic story in, in, in gluten-free beer was, you know, I used to love beer and I decided I couldn't, have, well, I couldn't have any more, so I decided to make my own and it's just as good as everything else. And I kind of thought that wasn't the case with what I was drinking in Australia. And I thought, well... Better go and um, maybe spend a few dollars and go across the US, see what they're doing over there, because if it was really giving me the same sort of experience, then, then I had to have a plan B uh, and do something else. So we are, I arrived in Portland in a freezing cold February uh, day. I was at their local gluten-free brewery by, I think, four o'clock that afternoon. Had nine beers in front of me. All the food was gluten-free. The beers were excellent. And I phoned my wife and I said, you know, we're on. You can absolutely make great gluten-free beer. You can have the whole craft beer experience, the variety, the flavours. Um, and then I went straight up to, to Seattle and went to another one. And, you know, by the time I finished in uh, Montreal, um, about 10 days later, I'd visited all seven of them, driven across the States in big snow drifts. And, you know, it was a pretty, pretty much a nervous wreck by the time I got back. But, you know, we knew that you could get really good beer. So 
Um, then we had to make sure we could get the ingredients in Australia. Um, and then breweries need a lot of money. So then we had to sort of kind of work with some investors to see if we could get investors to come on board. And did you have to, I mean, learn a lot, obviously, about making beer in such a different way? What was that journey like? Like being able to figure out even how to do it? How do you even start? It's really funny. Everybody thinks that if you own a brewery, you're a brewer, which is which is yeah. actually not the case. So I've got no idea how to brew beer. Yeah. Um, and I like drinking beer and I love the flavours and the experience and sharing beer. But the actual science and, and creative skill around making beer is, is actually – doesn't particularly interest me. Um, so that meant that we had to find a brewer, somebody who could actually come on board and do it because great ideas are no good without beer. Sure. Um, and we were lucky enough to get uh, AG to join us. And AG was one of the original, was the founding brewer at Mornington Peninsula Brewery um, in uh, Mornington, White Road. And um, he was available and he was able to do it part-time because that's all we could afford and that's all we needed. You sort of put a beer in and then two or three weeks later you take it out. So... Um, there wasn't a lot to do while we're trying to go through this exercise. And um, he said to me, I think it'll take me probably two or three months to work out how to do, make a beer with these different grains because there's no, in the barley beer world, there's, you know, um, years of brewer's history, whereas in, in the gluten-free world, we use ingredients like millet, buckwheat and rice. So those ingredients have actually been used to make beer for four or 5,000 years. Oh. But there isn't... Um, there isn't the, the history and there isn't the website, the Pro Brewers, Brewers website to help you work out what to do. And so AG said, oh, listen, I reckon it's going to take me a couple of months to work, work out what these things do. Um, six months later, uh, I can't remember how many batches we threw out. Um, I thought AG was going to give up on me a couple of times because it was just so frustrating. Um, and I think we started around about March um, of 2018. And September of 2018, I sat down out here at the brewery out the front in a, in a lovely um, spring afternoon, the sun was shining and we tapped our first beer and I shared it with some friends of mine and, and um, you know, it still brings tears to my eyes, you know, so good. Did you just think, this is it, this is the one? Oh, we just thought, um, not necessarily it was the one, but it was just, we knew we were on the right path. Yeah. You know, we, we knew that you could make really good beer. Um, you were doing that. It. That, you know, we, we don't try and say our beer is the same as, as every other beer out there. You know, we, we want to actually celebrate the differences of the, the malts that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just knew you could make one. Um, and then there was a gluten-free expo, which is there's, there's, um, the Celiac Australia Society run these gluten-free expos. And we actually turned up to that in October. Um, we had our little bar. We had two versions of the pale ale and, and we couldn't sell any because we didn't have any beer to sell. Um, and so we just said to people, tell us which one you like. And that was the kind of the whole market um, research, market, market research mm-hmm. of it all. Um, we had people... It opens at nine o'clock. These gluten free expos, they're quite passionate people. Yeah. And um, you know, they're all queuing up anyway for the expo. We were serving our first beer by nine oh two, I think. Um <laughs> and I can't remember how many uh thousands we did, but you just the feedback was was brilliant. You um, must have answered a lot of people's prayers if there wasn't a lot out there for you to have been coming up with this. Yeah, we, we do and the feedback we get, um yeah, I mean, we got a product review just just on the weekend. You know, I recently diagnosed my wife's recently diagnosed. I loved she loved beer, couldn't have any. Uh, we tried all the others, not very exciting. Just found yours, and we think it's just like normal beer, and that that that's constant. You know, and, and that's the beauty of what we do is that you know our, our feedback from both the, both the people coming to the tap room or the people drinking our beer around the country is really overwhelmingly positive because there isn't you know there's not a lot of choices. We're the only ones to do the really crafty type styles um as well as sort of mainstream um so you know it's overwhelmingly positive and um 
you know, that kind of boys everybody in in the group, whether it's the brewers, um, and none of them are gluten-free, um, but they're, you know, they're passionate about trying to make really good beer um, and the challenge of the little ingredients that we use um, through to our sales team that are actually getting that feedback when we do a, an event at a pub or something and the people are coming up. We did one, remember, I think it was February this year or February last year, some guy was in tears, you know, hugging our sales rep in <laughs> Sydney. You know, she, she was going, you know, and he was just so excited yeah. about being able to go to the pub and have, they had 12 beers of ours on tap. Um, and have that experience with his friends and, you know, that's kind of what beer yeah. does. And people, if you, if you don't have it taken away from you, you don't realise how important it is. So, And you've um, obviously developed so much further since that initial beer that you came up with. So what are the varieties you've got now? Yeah, so that was our, that was our pale ale and we did that uh, December, I think we launched that December the 20th in Cairns. Um, we now have a pale, a lager, a session ale, which is our mid-strength, uh, an XBA, an IPA, um, as our core range beers, and they're available all year round under our two base, and we we consider two base to be our craft beer brand. Um, we also do things like stouts uh, through the winter months and the and and the we just released a, an extra special bitter. Um, so we'll do limited beers as well in that range, and then we have a second brand called GFB, um, and GFB is that sort of classic Aussie drinking, you know kind of Carlton Draft easy type, to drink. yeah, yeah low low bitterness, yeah. easy drinking because mm. we. We found that, you know, through our marketing, we were talking to the whole gluten-free community and, and not everybody loves craft beer. Sure. Um, and so, you know, the GFB was that perfect beer for the people that weren't really interested in the hops and Crafty, all the, all yeah. the stuff. Um, and that's proved to be fantastic as well. So so who's developing all of this? You've got a, brewer, a head brewer now that, and a, or a team that are sitting down and going, okay, what's next? What's the next variety? Yeah, it's, it's um, that's kind of the way it works. You know, we don't do a lot of market research, you know, we're not, we, we do um, three or four limiteds a year. Um, and the whole idea with those is just to take the gluten-free consumer on the journey of beer and, you know, what you can do. And, and often it's the brew crew will say, Hey, I want to make an extra special bitter. And I go, I want to drink that done. You know, we, we don't work out whether it's the latest trend right. or, or anything like that. Um, Let's it's go for really, it and it's, see what happens. Yeah. We know that we'll sell enough and there'll be enough people that, that make it worthwhile doing a, a packing run. Um, and, you know, we sell them all around the country. So, um, you know, people in, um, you know, the, some of the, the craftier bottle shops will pick, pick up unlimited releases, but otherwise people order through us directly and, and we'll send it anywhere from, you know, far north Queensland through to uh, the guys in New Zealand are all trying to get some, but, you know, it's a bit too hard. Um, so, but, but that's kind of it. So it's, it's, we do sometimes put a little board together of things that Richard would like to drink next or, or maybe the brew crew want to, make something and, and we'll look at it. Um, but the beauty with only doing four, you know, we get a lot of requests saying, hey, can you bring back um, the ESB or can you make it part of your core range always available? But f- for us, it's all about changing it up and there's so many beer styles to do and bring out. And, and so we just really want to keep bringing out new styles and, and really, I don't think, I think maybe at the very start of COVID, we did one rerun of something just because we thought we'd better bring something out um, mm. as we were trying to work out what COVID was going to do to us. So... Um, but it was it was pretty exciting. Yeah, it's amazing. And your spot that you've got here in Dramana is great. You've got a tap house downstairs. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so we uh, it was really important for me to be able to have somewhere where, where consumers can come and have that experience of craft beer. So it's kind of this destination where people come. We've got 11 beers on tap, so you can try a whole range of different beers, all our core range beers, but also whatever limiteds we might do, and some of them we only ever do in keg. Um 
and and that was it. So we only open Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. So it's sort of limited hours, and we're part of the broader Dramana habitat, which is which is within the industrial estate. And there's lots of artists and cre- you know creators in here. And I'm sure Sophie, you'll speak to many of them over over well, over your yes, journey yes. as you get <laughs> to explain what's going on in the peninsula. But the Dramana habitats is great concept. Um, and within that, you know, we do wood fired pizza oven um, pizza, sorry, and um, you know, it's just a, a, an opportunity for people to come and, and come together. And we're just in many ways, we're just another brewery on the peninsula, of which there's 12 or 13 now. Um, and it's an opportunity for people to come and try gluten, try beers made with different malts. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for gluten-free people to bring their friends and come somewhere that's really safe and, and they can do whatever they like here. Um, and that's the, the beauty of it all. And so it's just really important that, you know, it's, a, it's an important part of our brand story, but it's, it's just really important from a consumer perspective to be able to have somewhere. And we will get people... You know, from WA, if they come to Victoria for a holiday, they come searching to come down to the peninsula or from New Zealand or any other state. If they're coming to Melbourne, they will divert to come down, to, to, come down to the Two Bays Taproom because it's the only place that they can really come and have that experience. Um, but you wouldn't – you don't obviously only get people who are gluten-free coming here. It's it's a very beautiful beer to drink. I've had it before. It's great. Um, so do you find that – of course, there would be a large cohort of people coming here that need to because they can't have regular beer, in inverted commas. But do you find that people are going, well, why do I need to have beer that has gluten in it now because I've got this beautiful craft beer in front of me? Yeah, we do. So we kind of call it barley beer because we kind of try to differentiate gluten-free barley beer. Sure, uh, sure. But, but um, the, we think probably 80 or 90% of our people are not gluten-free. Really? Um, coming through because, um, you know, if I – even if I bring you down or come with, so you know, I, uh, there was a, a hens do here last weekend. Yeah. Tw- Twenty uh, ladies come. <laughs> one was celiac, but she brought nineteen of her friends because this was a place that was safe for her, and sure. everybody was happy. And that's kind of what what happens. Um, there may be one person in the group, then there's others that just you know our Google reviews are very good, and people just kind of want to come and have a look and see what the interest is about. Um, but we think our beer stacks up really well. But you know, gluten free has a you know, a bad reputation. Um, it's a lot better now across every food group. But, you know, historically, you know, gluten-free was, you know, in some cases can still be pretty unexciting. And so, you know, you're not necessarily trying to target that person. But we do try and say to people, listen, come and try different beers. You know, you, you don't go to a winery and drink just one, generally, sure. one style of beer. Um, you like to try other stuff. And, and so ours is a bit like the Pinot Noir of the beer world. Um, you know, it's lighter mouthfeel, um, really small grains that we've got to use, so tricky, versus Shiraz for the barley kind of world, sure. you know. So it's that, that sort of concept, and, and that's kind of what we, we like about it. But it's so nice. In, in many cases, people go, you know, I might say to them, hey, do you, do you, you, who's gluten-free? And they go, none of us. No Are your beers gluten-free? And you kind of go, yeah, but, you know, they're and just beer. maybe in a sense it's like it, the least interesting thing about you, that you're just making great beer that happens to be gluten-free. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be, oh, we're gluten-free as in a big flashing sign. It's like, no, we make great beer. Yeah. We just happen to be gluten-free. And and that's the, you know, we, we always have this um, dilemma. We're a lot more expensive than barley beer because our grains are much more expensive to get. It's the producers that make our malts in the States, uh, you know, small businesses. So they sure. don't, you don't have the scale that the big barley malt houses do. So you start with the more – so then you've got to convince somebody to spend more money on a, on a product. Um, but the, the reality is, you know, we, we're trying to shift our marketing towards naturally gluten-free. You know, it's just, it's just made with different grains that happen to be gluten-free. Um, but, it, but it is that 
it, it's a this sort of double-edged sword because if we were just another brewery, then there's 650 of those around the country. Um, whereas by being gluten-free, we're one of you know, two dedicated and four brands in the country. And so if we work with the retailers and the Dan Murphys and the like around the country, then being just another barley brewery is not really going to yeah, make you that point a, of difference. Yeah, so, you've got a good difference. Yeah. But being gluten-free allows us to go national with Dan Murphy's, um, national with First Choice, you know, and, and those sort of things from a little brewery in, in Dramana, you know, you wouldn't be able to do if you were just, just another, another barley brewery. Yeah. So you've had such great growth, obviously, Richard, and just continuing to grow. Are you finding that that's changing anything that you're – you've obviously just won a big award too that we should mention last yes. year, the 2022. What was your department that um, – the category again? We won Manufacturer and Agriculture. How good is that? You know, it's very exciting. We're just sort of thinking about our entry for this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's great. We've had a little chat before about this, but um, it's great validation that you're doing the right thing and you're on a, a really important track in business. And so the next uh, stages and phase for Two Bays, what does that look like? Oh, well, we um, the way we look at it is there's 65,000 liquor licences in the country um, and we think every liquor licence should offer a consumer that walks in the door a gluten-free beer. Um, we're at about 2,000 of those 65,000. Wow. So we think the opportunity is, is enormous. You know, will we ever get to 65,000? I doubt it. But we, we just think there's a lot more places. You know, if you go to any restaurant now, any pub, you know, 95% of the time you have a choice of gluten-free food to, sure. to eat. Yeah. So why wouldn't you offer that consumer a beer choice to go with it? And particularly if you've got a fridge at your, at your venue with – you know, to go with your 10 or 11 beer taps, you've got a fridge full of beers as well. You may as well make one of them zero alcohol and another one gluten-free. Of course. Um, and um, it gives you that choice to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the, the opportunity. That's what we think, think is so exciting. Um, you know, we are distributed nationally. You can get our beers in every state. Um, and now it's about sort of filling in those other 63,000 liquor licences. Um, and that's a hard slog. You've got to convince every owner that um, it's worthwhile. But, you know, we've got our beer at the MCG, um, so you can now go to the footy um, and that's, you know, it's the MCG are very happy with the rate of sale and the consumers are delighted that they can go to the football. I, I mean, I go most weeks to see uh, the Cats play and, um, you know, I haven't had a beer in five years. Yeah. You know, and suddenly now I'm drinking a lot when I go to the footy. <laughs> it's lucky I've got a daughter to drive me home. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. Congratulations on that. Richard, are you from down here? I, I grew up in Dandenong, yeah. so I, I, I was born overseas, but we grew up in, in Dandenong and we had a house down here in um, Safety Beach overlooking what was the old marshlands mm-hmm. uh, since the very early 80s. Um, yeah. And so this area was always an area, you know, when I, when I met my wife and, and we said, you know, how can we do something that allows us to live down the peninsula? Um, and we ended up buying a business in, in the early 2000s in Frankston, um, and that allowed us then to make the peninsula our home on a permanent basis. But I've been coming down here since 1982 or something so like that. So it's always felt a little bit like home anyway before you made the move. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, And it was all about how do you live this lifestyle. I mean, it's such a beautiful place to be. Um, you know, we, we recently did the um, New South Wales South Coast on a, on a trip, and we kind of go, this is really nice, this place. But I can do this at home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I love to windsurf, and you can windsurf out in the bay. We can kayak in the bay. I love to bike ride. You've got wineries, you've got breweries, you've got distilleries, you've got great restaurants, um, you've got beautiful walks. Um, we we recently went to the back beaches at um, Kate, at uh, St Andrews, and um, got a matter hadn't done that in years. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. Mm. 
Um, nice. And there's so many places to see. So, um, yeah, the peninsula is, you know, I think we've got a few more years left here just before we see half of it. I It's so funny, um, and I'm talking to people pretty much every day now. I'm interviewing, I'm up and down the peninsula, and I'm local and I'm learning so much. And particularly the question I'm about to ask you, I always say to people, where's your favourite place to eat or what's your favourite thing to do? And nine times out of ten I go, I have not been there or I didn't know that place existed or I agree, whatever. But it's um, we are spoilt for choice. There's so much to do and there's so much to enjoy down here and it is, you know, it can be crazy in summer but we love that people come and enjoy uh, our peninsula as well. But it's uh, so nice when it slows down a little bit and we can enjoy it. Richard, where do you go with your wife or your mates and enjoy dinner or a lunch somewhere? So we've got a couple of places. Um Le Fur, which is a place in Mornington, which is uh, Asian, it's 100% gluten-free. So that is fantastic mm-hmm. um, because we can do whatever we like there. The food's great. It's good value. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's... Is got, that new? No, it's been, it started just before COVID. Um, and it's uh, opposite coffee traders on mm-hmm. not maybe Blake Street. Yes. Um, and it's fantastic. So, you know, we love going there and, you know, they support the gluten-free community. And, and for us, it's a safe place to go. Uh, we love going to Foxy's. Yep. Um, you can't say you haven't been there, surely. No, no, been to <laughs> Everybody's Foxy's, been to Foxy's. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's beautiful. It's just a relaxing yeah, share so plate nice. um, sort of thing. And then more recently, over the last year or two, we've been taking this mission to go and find new wineries. Um, so um, we have been to Trofeo more recently, but we went there um, on Sunday and brought some friends. And we try and get, get together. We went to Avani um, and some of the others like Rahona and, and um, Matasi and all these sort of places, they're just hidden huh. wineries. They're Gems. owned by, you know, mums and dads that work during the week and make wine on the weekend. They're probably not commercially viable really, yeah. but they're just passion projects. And the, the grapes they make and the, and the, the wines are really interesting. Um, so we're sort of trying to do that and, and steer a little bit away from some of the bigger ones and just sort of see some of the, the, the other bits and pieces that you can do. Um, but, you know, I love coffee and you know, <laughs> the, the, there's so many – so many places to go. It's it's really hard to pick a favourite, but those are places that we love. No, I think to. that's a pretty good shortlist. Mm-hmm. Well, Richard, thank you so much for having me. I love your beer, and I'm not a gluten free gal, but I enjoy it. And you know, I think that you guys are doing something really important. And I like how you keep referring to it being a safe space for people too, which is I think um, that would be difficult being celiac. And you know, you do have to make wise choices and so knowing that people can come here and enjoy it celiac or otherwise um is fantastic congratulations on your award all you're doing and i hope you get up and get another win this year well it's going to be tough but we we will we'll have another go because they're, they're just fantastic things to get but you yeah, know it's all about inclusion you know yeah. we just try to be as inclusive as possible and we don't think anybody should have to miss out and, and you shouldn't have to miss out on a good beer either so mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the whole thing that keeps us going every day Um, Thanks for coming down and having a look too. We'll make sure you leave with some beers. (laughs) Thanks, Richard. Well done. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to Live MP and to Richard and the team at Two Bays. Check out livemp.com.au for more episodes where we highlight the best spots on the peninsula. Until next time.